to the HLS Recap Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me ND Tex. As always, you can catch us live over here at twitch.tv slash Sons. Make sure you subscribe and review the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at. Make sure you join us and the rest of the HLS community over at Discord. That is our live chat channel, herloyalsons.com slash Discord. And of course, we are always at HerLittleSons.com. And with that, I bring in Shane. Shane, how are you doing after quite a crazy weekend? Yeah, quite a crazy weekend. Um, I just, I'm just happy that we're safe, you know, because <laughs> a lot of teams aren't. <laughs> a lot of teams aren't. Um, and also, I have to say, like, for me personally, really happy to see Notre Dame beat Florida State. It's yes. just a long history. It, it, it always, it always, and we, we had an OPI. That that went the, oh, yeah. the other way, and it was still a pick for the Irish. So we will definitely be talking a lot of Notre Dame, Florida State, because yes, we were. It was a crazy week because a lot of teams are not okay because we were close, not quite. We were real close to having one hell of a blood week on our hands. Ooh. We were real close, and you know, I don't really want to start with the blood chain. I want to start with the what the fuck. And that is the Red River shootout or whatever that was. Uh, that we uh, I, mean, I mean, okay. So yeah, not only was that the most points ever in the series ever, uh, but yeah, I mean, extremely what the fuck energy to that game. Um, going into four overtimes is one thing, but I, there was like, Spencer Rattler, you know, coming in as the build new new Oklahoma quarterback was actually benched for a little bit, like in the middle of the fucking game. And it was like, get your shit together. And he comes back and legitimately gets his shit together. Um, Sam Ellinger literally does all of the offense, all of it. It's just him, Sam Ellinger versus 11 people. Um, and still not enough. But yeah, weird, weird fucking game. Yeah, it was it had all kinds of weird energy all the way up to the uh, the eyes of Texas. uh being played at the end of the game where Sam Ellinger was also the only person out there. Uh, I will yeah. say, I know that it's, somebody made a lot out of it because they took a picture while they were at the game of it. I mm-hmm. honestly don't know and can't tell you if, uh, and I, I, I did very little research on it. If as is a tradition. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> if Texas players are even out there because before the season started, the, the eyes of Texas, the origin was a little bit of uh, racial contention as far as the origins of that song. So I don't know if it was, you know, the team saying, well, yeah. we'll just kind of ignore it. And, you know, kind of like a, the, the middle ground of kneeling during the anthem type thing that some NFL teams are doing, but mm. it's all very weird. And um, Tom Herman, he was an underdog. He did not cover. And it sure looked like he was going to, but this for me was a case in point to where when you have somebody on the ropes and their defense is gas, just go for two for fucking crying out loud. Two different times. Should have done it at the end of the game when Oklahoma couldn't stop anything. I mean, basically it was like the NCAA, you know, put your best player at quarterback, regardless if it's quarterback or not, snap the ball, have everybody run out and just, just run because that's basically what he was doing. And it might've worked. And for sure, when you know you're going to be forced to go for two in overtime and you're going to be starting with the ball. So you're going to have to go for two no matter what. The next time you have it, you might as well just do it. I don't I don't understand the extend the game thing with the way those two teams were playing. It was begging for somebody to put it out of its misery. And eventually, uh, Texas fell flat on their face and misery over. Yeah, I got to say, man, like football is like one of the weirdest fucking sports in terms of OT, you know, because you can't really create like a nice, compelling back and forth. It's just like they get the ball, see what they do. Right. Wait, wait, wait. They get the ball, see what they do. But the, I think the most I think the, the arguments against OT and football primarily stem from games like this or, you know, the seven overtime fucking thriller from what, like a year ago. It's just like. Can you guys just fucking end this? Like, someone pull your balls out and just try to win. Like, stop fucking, I'll get the six and then I'll get the one. No, me too. I'll get the six and get the one. Like, just come on. Like, for fuck's sake. Like, 
eventually you're going to have to like prove that you're here and that you're better immediately. Like that's not way to for OT. I just I kind of I understand playing for OT, but I I really hate it. Yeah, and and in this one it didn't make any sense at all. Uh, and really, uh, both coaching staffs did a pretty atrocious job. Lincoln Riley basically letting Texas all the way back in, including uh, calling a really bad, you know, kill clock run. I mean, given given Texas free timeouts, calling a pass on third down in their last drive, it was everything was really bad and really awful. And Benny's making fun of him. You know, Texas is back. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. I mean, something's back there in Texas and uh, it's uh, wondering what the fuck they're going to do because they, they are the first FBS win for Oklahoma this season. It wasn't a good Texas team. It wasn't a good Oklahoma team. And, and really four overtimes <laughs> and Oklahoma State's just sitting there like, yeah, buddy, here we yep. go. <laughs> yep. Guess, guess who we just skipped. We just skipped Baylor. We're ready next. <laughs> yeah, because, of course, it, Baylor, if we, Shane and I were talking about this before the show. And we're just convinced that we record on the Baylor news dump days because they're mm-hmm. not going to play, apparently, this next upcoming yeah. weekend. It was a big one against Oklahoma State. So don't know if it'll be rescheduled or what. But um, yeah, what a mess. I, yeah. I, at this point, you know, like I, I've been thinking, you know, like that I've been using that stuff tally site where we all like keep track of our records of picks and stuff. And there's one there's one future you can pick, which is Big 12 champion. And I've changed it like seven fucking times because I have no idea. <laughs> I no even, clue. I haven't even bothered. I'm like, ah, not, not I just any I like to just be like, let's see how wrong I am at the end of the year. But that one I've been like, oh, fuck, it was going to be Oklahoma. And then it was going to be Texas. Then it was going to be Oklahoma State. Now Iowa State. Like, is it going to be Baylor? Who the fuck knows? We'll see. It's just that conference, man. Every year. Yeah, it was crazy. And I got to say, if there was ever a game for Gus Johnson to be on play by play, it was this one. And and not only that, it was like you felt like Gus willed the Texas comeback. But not only yeah. that, uh, they went into like this whole spiel because all Texas uh, had a field goal blocked in overtime. So now all OU and this was a third overtime. So all OU has to do. Is is kicking, and they actually get some decent yardage, and they keep talking about, you know, oh, you know, you no know, Bricker, he he doesn't miss any kicks at all. He was the only kicker in all of college football. My, like, if this is not a jinx and a half, you know, he's going to miss it. And he, not only did he miss it, oh God, did he shank it? Something fucking he, awful. Ooh, yeah. He he basically took all those talking points. It was like I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> because it was it was a shankopotamus like a very like you know i i don't believe quite in like the football gods but i mean like something can hear you i i you know like it, it's the quantum the quantum physics rule like shit behaves differently when observed if you talk shit <laughs> it's going to act differently <laughs> you know yeah uh so the the final on that one was 53 45 and four ot's um now let's go to where we thought we were going to have a huge blood week and we're going to stay in that noon hour because the noon hour was absolute bonkers i actually i was doing work around the house uh but i really took some time to do some work around the house after the noon hour was up because oh my god um yeah. How about we start with Jimbo and the Texas Aggies actually finding something? Uh, what the fuck? I was going to say, I, I would say they found something, but Jimbo is oddly eight and one now against the Gators. So they may have had he found Jim- something maybe eight years ago. They, they have a Jimbo problem. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. 41 to 38. It was just one of those games where at first it looked like, you know, Florida was just going to, you know, they were going to win the game. But the problem was, is they could never separate throughout the entire game. So AM just kept hanging on, hanging on, hanging on. Then they get a turnover. And you're like, wait, they, they could they could win this game now. They, they could win this game. And lo and behold, they kick a game winning field goal. And, you know, I, I guess all the, the whatever oil money Jimbo's getting paid right now. Look, I'm an Aggie fan. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching Florida fall on their face. It, it it creates chaos. And if 2020 has been anything, it's the ultimate chaos here. And I did not see that one coming to save my life. Again, Texas A&M. Remember, this is a team that struggled against Vanderbilt. And mm-hmm. Bama mm-hmm. plastered them. It, it, yeah, wasn't that game like 12 to 10 or some it atrocity was. And, like that? And, and, and this <laughs> is going to be a theme. Like the defense was like, you know, AM's defense is awful. Like whatever it, it is so clear that Lee is the key to the Elko defense because they gave up 38 points and they got lucky enough to win. 41-38 is not a sustainable thing that you can no. do in the upper echelon of football. 
Uh, but it worked here. Uh, Jimbo was pleased. He was happy. I was shocked. And then all of a sudden, as this game's going on, as you got the Red River, whatever the hell's going on, I wasn't planning on paying attention to LSU and Mizzou. Oh, boy. But. But. <laughs> 45 to 41, LSU goes down, and they are now no longer ranked in the AP Top 25 after just mm-hmm. a handful of weeks. And the thing that was unbelievable in this game, besides the fact Bo Pelini gave up 45 points, and this is a consistent problem with LSU. Like, I understand you're rebuilding, but what the fuck happened to the defense, y'all? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, th- it, it makes it, it makes just Bo Pelini's return. There's like a half hilarious, half sad quality. You know, it's like, oh, after all this time, he comes back to LSU and now he's got this chance to like keep the momentum going. And now they can recruit like their fucking ass- asses off because they just won a title and look how great their corners are. And then Mizzou has wide receivers making Derek Stingley Jr. look like a fucking like newbie. Like, like what? What? I, not for nothing, but like, at what point is it like, Bo, is it you, man? <laughs> is it just be. you there's a great shot of him coming off the field just looking like he just got done with the weekend plus bender and just wondering <laughs> why he showed up to work that day i mean because and here's here's the other thing lsu i mean when you think lsu look i know all the borough crazy modernization spread offense happened but even if that mm. offense ended up at the one yard line you're just like okay they're, they're gonna gun it forward right just power man ball right up the gut they had first and goal on the one yard line. Mizzou goal line stand. LSU cannot punch it in from the one. That's how Mizzou won the game. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah and I'll be re- like, I'll be honest. Like the the play selection for that four down series, frankly, left like a ton to be desired. Primarily in that like they didn't even try to run Miles Brennan. They didn't even try to like get a little bit cheeky or cute. All they did was try to run up the middle twice and then throw to the outside back to back times. It's like you're not doing anything to give yourself an edge in a moment where you have to pull out like all the fucking stops. And it just feels like maybe Orgeron got like complacent in that Burrow could just basically fucking execute. But I mean, ironically, the guy's name is Miles Brennan and he's miles behind Joe Burrow because it's like it's it's. It's as though you just, you know, you, you took, you know, it's not even as though it's, it's frankly, you took the best quarterback that has ever, ever played at the college level, statistically speaking, and replaced him with, I mean, Andy Dalton as a freshman. Yeah, basically. What you're like, used to seeing at LSU in the quarterback position, correct, quite frankly. Correct. Uh, correct. Yeah. It, but the other thing that makes this wild is Mizzou. This was their first win this season, and it was against yeah. LSU. Mm-hmm. LSU was the home yeah. team. Like, there's so many things where you're just like, how does any of this shit happen? And then we fly over to the next set of games. And again, it should have happened. And this is somebody that actually cheers for Auburn. Yeah. Arkansas got fucked. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. And so did I on the fucking money line. I had Arky. God damn it. <laughs> they fuck Auburn Jesus. I, all right. So what happened is. Auburn looked like a total mess as the game unwound. And Bo Nix, at first I said, you know, Bo Nix is going to figure it out this season. He's got to. He that's, That was all mm-hmm. freshman stuff. No, Bo Nix is who he is, and it's just the same line of Auburn quarterback. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is going on here? He fits perfectly yeah. in Auburn. And then he had the peak, what I call peak Bo Nix moment. Again. Auburn, keep in mind, Auburn also missed a field goal to go ahead in this game. And then mm-hmm. they managed to get the ball back with just a little bit of time left. And they actually make some plays. They get to the end. They need to spike the ball. They don't have any timeouts left. Bo Nix fumbles the snap, turns around, throws it behind him as he's scrambling yeah. to pick it up. Arkansas clearly recovers the football. Now, this play goes under review. Everybody on God's green earth that is watching that play is like, oh, fuck, it's over for Auburn. Arkansas is going to win this. And the SEC refs said that the play stood as called, which was an incomplete pass on the field. Yeah, it's like the SEC refs were like, oh, the the Pac-12 is not here this year. We got this. Yeah. So field goal is kicked, made this time, gets a second chance. Auburn escapes. 
30 to 28. And the SEC officiating said because there wasn't an immediate recovery, which watching the replay, how much more immediate does it need to be? But that's what they said. There wasn't enough immediate recovery in the in the term of play. And apparently my dad had heard something on the SEC network when he was watching at some point yesterday Uh that the SEC further clarified it and said it was because the whistle blew. Therefore, the play had that's what I was going to say. So it wasn't somebody jumped the whistle in the so. But ah, like, dude, Arkansas got so bad. I screamed at my TV. Like, like I haven't done since maybe Michigan 2011. Like I was like, I, it it was clearly a bobbled snap, which in every fucking universe and every timeline is a straight up fumble. He then picks that shit up and throws it backwards. A double fumble. Now we're talking two in a row. And uh, yeah. And an Arkansas player gets it. But some dude, the the official that was standing right over the the play in the backfield, which is like, oh, whistle pocket. It's almost as though like he, just saw an arm motion and reflexively was like he must have spiked it legally. But like that was not a spike. That was a straight up throw backwards. Oh, and, and on <laughs> Six live yards. Uh, on live you knew he at least at minimum you knew live he botched the snap because he was yeah. <laughs> just had that yeah, pure absolutely. panic. The uh, the Michigan punter gif that's just beautiful where it's sheer panics in his eyes. Uh but yeah Auburn escapes that one and uh the lane train came through pretty hard actually gave us some entertainment while we were watching Notre Dame and FSU. Uh, Man, had now Alabama, look, the final score was 63 to 48. Again, you're just normal SEC defensive (laughs) battle. points. (laughs) What the fuck? First off, what the fuck? What the fuck? Second, (laughs) Alabama nearly fucked around and covered a 22-point spread after going back and forth with Ole Miss the entire time because it looked like Lane couldn't be stopped and Lane made the right call here, and I will forever defend him. He is a glorious, insane bastard for doing it. But he yeah. onside kicks it in the second half, and like it, it worked. Yeah. Everything worked except for actually recovering the football. Except for the recovery. <laughs> Correct. Except for the part where it's your ball. And, and, and then it ended. <laughs> Alabama scored pretty quickly, and then Alabama finally stopped Ole Miss. They could only get a field goal, which, I mean, Lane, fuck at that point, dude. You already you already threw it down. You slapped it on the it's table. Done. You just just yeah. go for it, dude. So it's done. You got nothing to lose. But I mean, can we also? I I think not that not that any Ole Miss game has ever previously been an actual good indicator of like what the fuck's going on with Alabama. But I mean, uh, they they racked up six hundred plus yards. It was again what? SEC defenses. The only SEC defense that actually came to play. Uh, was mm-hmm. Kentucky because they held Mike Leach for the first time in his coaching career. At least that's the stat that was up there. So if I'm wrong, blame ESPN. But it was the first time in Mike Leach's career that his team did not score an offensive touchdown. They got two points and they got their two points. I actually saw this play as it happened while I was scanning around <laughs> the games. Kentucky had a botch snap on a punt and the punter very wisely had an oh shit moment and just kicked the damn thing through the end zone. I mean, yep. beautiful play on the run, one motion, kicked it out of the end zone. That was all of Mike Leach's points. Welcome to the SEC is complete for Mike Leach. The whole experience. I mean, yeah, you had the upset yeah. win against LSU, for beating the the defending national champions, <laughs> which now is like how Mizzou did that shit. Some nope. you're we're, we're all the way back in the your Big Twelve now. <laughs> yep. And then Correct. he gets pants in the very next game, and now he's been humiliated. Like the entire circle of life of Mike Leach is here, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the only thing that's left now is that rivalry game, just to be a load of bullshit that you've never seen coming. So the egg bowl yeah. is going to be awesome. I can't wait for that. that shit. Well, I was going to say that's definitely one thing that's left. The next thing that's left is them just inexplicably beat Georgia. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty great. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, uh, Pittsburgh dropped another one. Uh, Boston College um, came through um, at the end. One oh, second. Wait. Yeah. To the golden boy, Philly Jerkovic. Um, not for nothing, but BC decent? BC actually is looking pretty decent. They've only lost one game so far. They're three mm. and one. And Phil, again, had a solid line. So on the Phil watch, nine for 35, 358 yards, three touchdowns. 
looks solid. But the best part about this, this went into OT and this game was ugly. So so here's the thing. We've said this before about Boston College. Like they're going to be entertaining enough to keep it close. Not that it's going to be a pretty game to watch, but it's going to be entertaining to keep it close because, yeah, Phil did go off. He had himself a solid game. Uh, you know, he's playing, you know, whatever. Good for him. I have no ill will, and it's going to make the Notre Dame he game. He had like a 60-yard bomb TD pass that Notre Dame fans were like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> we felt better uh, about long bombs afterwards. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, but what made this perfect was Pitt lost this game because the kicker missed the fucking extra point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we have had... Yeah. Again, we're, we're getting everything in 2020 in quicker cycles right now. And Pitt fucking up two games in a row in that epic fashion. So you know what's going to be on the other end of it. Somebody's going to get got. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Pitt right now is working on a kicking legacy of the like the not good kind. I mean, they go from a kicker named Blewett to this. Like, they're, I mean... Sure. Okay. But I, I also, like, this is just what Pitt does. I mean, we all remember 2012, right? You remember that shit? Oh, yeah. How stressed out you were? And then how they just, whoops, missed the kick. I was at yeah. that stadium. I was there. Yeah. I was terrified. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention one thing about Kentucky and defense. Uh, KJ Costello, four interceptions in that game. <sighs> Yikes. Yeah. Got them figured out, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so um, other other uh, games of no, Georgia easily dispatches of Tennessee, 44 to 21. And I would be careful to say easily. Okay. Right. Because in the first half, the thought was, will the real SEC East champs please stand up? They were losing to Tennessee. And, and I mean, not like they were, it was chippy. In the second half, they definitely buried them yeah, in the dirt. 27 but in the first points, half, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so 27 straight. But I mean, in the first half, it was a... Uh, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. So I'm, as far as I'm concerned, I was not very fair enough, fair enough. plugged into that. It was like, okay, we might have something here. This game might be close. And then, oh, it's not close at all. Uh, yeah. yeah, Stetson Bennett, uh, they definitely found their quarterback. So um, mm. all those offensive worries that, well, is Georgia, Georgia might be, but no, they're not. They're no, solid. they're legit as fuck. Yeah. And uh, Clemson and Miami, a game I was very much looking forward to. Jeez, it did not end well for Miami. Now, this was definitely easily dispatched 42 to 17. The only entertaining part was maybe there'll be a backdoor. Oh, no, they pissed Trevor Lawrence off because there was a brief moment in time where Lawrence went down after he got speared square in the sternum. Straight. Yeah, straight targeted in the chest. Yeah, dude got ejected for targeting. It was textbook. And as soon as it was over, I'm like, well, is he going to be okay? He turns to the Miami sideline after the dude gets tossed and starts taunting them. I'm like, oh, he's fine. (laughs) He's all right. Yeah. I mean, Miami, you know, there was a period there where it was, you know, it's like 14, nothing. Miami scores a field goal. It's like 14 to three. um, And then that was as close as it ever got. Basically, Um, it went 21 to 10 and they basically never really looked back. It was. The kind of thing where we're all going to walk past this weekend and think, oh, you know, Clemson did what they do to all teams all the time. But you need to also take a step back and remember, this was a top 10 Miami team. De'Aaron King was looking like a potential Heisman finalist. Like it was like this defense looked good. It was it, it was it was in effect a surprising result. But like, you know. Just because Miami got their asses handed to them by Clemson doesn't mean they're not a good team. They are right. still a significant threat in the ACC, in my opinion. But yeah, Clemson just uh, was like, yeah, we're just going to let Trevor Lawrence and Etienne show you why you don't belong. Yeah, Etienne is not fair. It's like every time I turn around, the dude's bouncing off of tacklers like it's nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. If he isn't the first running back selected in the draft, somebody overthought it and got cute with it and will forever Be- regret yeah. their decision. Uh, is mm-hmm. that guy is he, he's a fucking cheat code in there. He's like the again, we'll bring it back to the video games. It was that when they first debuted the impact player. And if God help you, if you ever tried to tackle Reggie Bush in that mode, because it was a, it, it felt impossible. And that's what it feels like bringing him down. And I think the other thing that Clemson showed uh, was that, you know, Miami was definitely it's hard to call him a one trick pony because I think that's a little disingenuous because Miami is a good football team. But they're definitely mm-hmm. solely dependent on D.R. King to do everything for them. All of it. And, mm-hmm. and it was basically like very much, you know, Ellinger, but not as, you know, extreme as Ellinger in Texas. But D.R. King had to just pull magic out of the hat because the that line was coming after him the entire game. They couldn't mm-hmm. really get the rushing attack off the ground. And it, it was basically the big plays that happened was uh, D.R. King getting loose 
creating some time and then creating and just making something up off the fly and getting something downfield. Because other than that, Clemson just completely dominated and Miami's defense, uh, it was going to be their first real test. They hadn't really played much in the way of good offenses. And boy, did they get hit in the mouth hard by that offense yeah. of Clemson. Yeah, Clemson was just basically like, I understand this is top 10 in Miami, but we want to we want to remind everyone we're still fucking Clemson. Yeah, so there, there's definitely <laughs> a chasm in the ACC and it makes that ever, you know, cl- so a looming matchup, which is now under a month away. I mean, <sighs> and, and it very much the because Notre Dame is lucky enough to dodge Miami. And, and mm-hmm. like I said, just pure lucky enough, it could yeah. very likely be a rematch situation. Uh, you know, Miami and Notre Dame right now are definitely gunning for that second spot. And North Carolina is not too I was far say, behind. Yeah, uh, the, at this point, North Carolina is a little scarier. I mean, <laughs> yeah, ranked number, rushing for 400 yards against yeah. Vatek. Yikes. Ranked number five and, and a very SEC like score of 56 to 45. I mean, look like SEC defense there based on the scores that we saw. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, just really one hell uh, of a show. It was a crazy weekend of football. And uh, like we said, uh, the top five, a little bit of movement because Florida went down. So Notre Dame gets bumped up to four. Your top three unchanged. Playoff spot, bitches. Yep. Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame didn't get any first place votes. I guess the Ohio State voters have wised up and all the first place votes went to people that actually played. Uh, North Carolina made the big jump and Oklahoma State, like we said, just hanging around there, letting the chaos happen. They're seven now behind Ohio State. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and, and I, I, it's the same principle right all of this is temporary the second ohio state starts playing they're going to be like number one for no fucking reason or whatever it's, it's fine but um yeah right now i mean notre dame can only do what's can only take care of what's in front of them and can only account for what they have on their schedule and uh yeah the only the ones that loom large remain clemson and north carolina like i'm not saying you know that yeah, the rest of the ACC slate is going to be a fucking cakewalk because you never know. Clearly, you never know. But I mean, right now it's it's this matchup in on November seventh, and then what is it like? Just a week it's the, later or it's two the, weeks later, the Friday Thanksgiving matchup against UNC. Yeah, so UNC. Yeah, so uh, it's it's a terrifying slate in November. Yeah, not not going to lie. Which I mean, we're used to that as Notre Dame. Not really. Actually, we're not really used to that as Notre Dame fans. Usually November has not in the conference. Break. Yeah. So now it's a little bit different now. <laughs> um, but, uh, other other notes, the top 25 before we take a break. Uh, USC, uh, Southern Cal now <laughs> appears in the top 25 rankings coming in at number 25. But that is actually not the more hilarious thing, Shane, in the rankings. Yeah. It is uh, undefeated Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. One spot below Iowa State, who they beat. <laughs> yeah. Texas, yeah. Texas A&M at 2-1. and one. one spot below another 2-1 and one team, who they beat, and that's Florida. Now, granted, Florida did drop six spots. A&M rose up 10, but still very still. fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I, least- assume, I assume the voter mentality was like, let's just do this until the other conferences can just solve it for us. Fuck it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like once the other conferences appear, they can be like, oh, well, like, oh, sorry, we weren't paying attention. Let's put Michigan between Florida and Texas A&M. There you go. Everyone's happy now. You know what I mean? It's it's hilarious. I, I love it. There's there's a little less fuckery this week, but seeing Southern Cal pop in there was great. Seeing that Minnesota got to rise up in <laughs> Michigan too, rising up in the rankings by literally doing nothing. I mean, this is beyond cheeseburger week. It's great. I enjoy well, it's, it. it's just 2019 bias. Yeah. It's just nonsense. And, and it, I'm sure it will be proven nonsense once they start playing. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, we actually had Notre Dame football. We are going to talk about it. We're going to talk mm-hmm. Notre Dame, Florida state, and we will check out Simland and ACC right after this okay we are back and yes it is time to talk notre dame florida state a it it ended up being an easy win for the irish but i guess much like the uh a little less hairy than what uh, happened with Georgia and Tennessee, but uh, no hmm. less uh, puck. There was a pucker moments for sure. Yeah, very much puckering. Yeah, mm-hmm. forty-two to twenty-six, your final. It was a, it was a great game. It was a good game. But as I said on the pick spot, the two-week layoff thing 
terrified me because I saw how North Carolina reacted to it. They look sloppy. Boston College nearly came up and got them. And that's very much what happened to Notre Dame, fumbling right out of the gate, making, you know, just piss poor turnovers, you know, fumbling, muffing the punt, fumbling there. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, what the fuck's going on? And then, you know, Jordan Travis just, you know, came in flying too and all of a sudden drove down the field and you turn around, Florida State had a lead. And you're like, what? It's 17 to 14 at the end of the first. The first quarter felt like a whole game in itself. And it's like, can we stop fucking around now, guys? And they did. And just came out and ran away with it. 353 total rushing yards. Just trucking along, to say the least. It it felt like a win-your-clunker game. And then it was, oh, maybe they're going to fuck around and cover this. All the way to the very end. Right. It felt like winning your clunkers until... uh Basically, until the, Kyron Williams established that they were not at all going to stop him, like for any reason, at any point, there was a there was a cut there was like a cut move in one of his runs in the third quarter where it just kind of seemed like the defense recognized, like, oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, now that you figured that out, let me introduce you to one man named Chris Tyree. Um, it was it was there it was. I wouldn't describe this experience in the first half, watching it as as weird and annoying, maybe as the score was. I do. I would not describe it as particularly stressful, right? It was not the kind of thing where you were like, "Oh shit!" Like it's going to be one of those real dramatic. This team has no business coming into Notre Dame Stadium looking this good type of shit. No, it it's still FSU was very good at reminding us constantly that they, hey, we're fucking terrible. Um, you know, they, they're, they're, they're getting false starts. They're getting chop blocks. It's just like getting a lot of just terrible execution mistakes, um, in very big situations, third downs, red zone. Like it's just, they, they, they definitely got away with the couple, you know, cause they are very athletic. It's like South Florida, but like on a new level, right? Like they're, they are good recruits, a very talented team. But like once the second half rolled around. Uh, and I'm guessing Clark Lee slash BK's adjustments or whatever, like that was it. That was all they wrote. They never sniffed. They never sniffed shit again after that. Yeah, they were they were two for fourteen on third down overall. They were three for three on fourth though, which there were a couple maddening conversions that it felt like. And some of that was just Travis slipping away and and making something happen. Uh, yeah. Who I mean, which this uh, a little aside. If there is one thing that sucks for Florida State is that. You know, much like Blackman was the same way. He was running around and trying to make things happen. Like Florida State keeps ruining young quarterbacks and getting them killed right now because there's no offensive line in front of them. That is true. Um, that is definitely yeah. In, in, in Travis's situation, Jordan Travis's situation, absolutely, he was set up for failure. I, I'll, I'll say that mm-hmm. the offensive line at Florida State is pretty much one of the is the I would argue one of the worst in the conference. Probably, I, I'm not going to say in the nation, but definitely in the ACC right now. Um, but so did J- Jeremiah Ousakoromoa. O- o- he was the reason why Jordan <laughs> Travis was getting annihilated. That poor, that motherfucker. I mean, I'm pretty sure he broke his ribs uh, on one of those hits. If not him, Isaiah Foskey definitely checked him and gave him a follow up because by the third quarter, Jordan Travis couldn't even get up. Yeah, he had he had to get help every time to get off the ground. Yeah, that that, got, that kid needed to be flown back in a damn ice bath because he was getting destroyed. But uh, to your point, Shane, uh, mm. seven seven penalties for fifty nine yards, and majority of them were unbelievably stupid on uh, Florida oh, State. Yeah, uh, and and as we the aforementioned lack of efficiency on third down, uh, it was just flat out ugly for them. And the fact that Notre Dame had. 8.4 yards per rush just showed what a gigantic chasm there was between their offensive line and Florida State's defense. It was all just gigantically awful for Florida State. And here's how dominating the offensive line was. There was a single tackle for loss. One. One. Just one. That was it. And there was only three total QB hurries. And that mm-hmm. was it. And and I tell you what, speaking of QB hurries, this is the best. Now, of course, when you're barely getting, you know, irritated at all yeah. in the pocket, it makes it easier. But Book was very calm. And when he did get pressure, he was sliding. It felt like he remembered, hey, I can do quarterback shit. Let me just not think about yeah. it and play. 
He was flinging the ball downfield. We had a Kevin Austin sighting, and that was really the one pass he really forced. He's like, Austin's on the field. Yeah. I'm giving him, he made his mind up. I'm giving him a shot. <laughs> yeah, he made his mind up on that play, and like Tremble was wide fucking open underneath. <laughs> it was like, it was fine. Okay, throw Kevin Austin the ball to let him know, like, hey, Kevin, I love you. Here's the ball, you know? But the fact of the matter is, it was Javon McKinley's fucking day. Like, welcome to the party, fifth year senior. Like, yo. And Brian Kelly described him as what? Unstoppable yeah. after the game? I mean, he had a height advantage easily yeah. over every FSU oh. defender. <laughs> Asante Samuel Jr. That poor, I mean, g- good luck to you next time, cha- chap, because he was acting, he was talking all kinds of shit, and then Javon was just silently catching balls over him all fucking day. And that's a decent quarterback, too. I mean, that, that guy can play. Uh, he's a good yeah. defender, but th- there was just no answer for what the Irish were throwing out there, and we saw shots downfield. We saw wide receivers actually being a part of the game plan, but we still saw Notre Dame stick into that identity of load it up with tight ends and do the, the pin and pull. That's apparently this whole sissy, you know, type thing it was like, oh, well, that just means you can't block. No, it just means that they found something that works. And this line is really yeah. fucking good at it. Eichenberg yeah. was doing this shit with one eye. Yeah, I was going to say, you want to compare <laughs> offensive linemen like first and for, first and foremost, we had one with one eye. And then when he was out, they just slid over Aaron Banks and he was equally dominant. Like this O-line is just an embarrassment of riches. It feels very much primed for uh, perhaps another trophy at the end of the year. I would say so at this rate, especially. Yeah. And and if we're going to do the big look ahead to Clemson, as I mentioned, the big problem that Miami had was the reliance on De'Ara King to do everything. And he was just running for his life a lot of the time. So that offensive line needs to have this top billing and they have to keep mm-hmm. Ian book clean because that's the only way Notre Dame has any shot in about a month or so. But you keep playing like this, you keep on building up this kind of confidence. And the thing that is helping too, is we've had this offensive line talent before, but we haven't had the horses of running back like we do. Yeah. And I know that may sound like, you know, dismissing some really good players that we've had there, but I'm sorry. Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree are on a whole nother fucking level right now than everybody else that we've seen. They hit the hole quick. They make the right moves. They're following blocks. It it feels like once a game, Kyron Williams is out there for a screen that will go for a touchdown as soon as book can actually throw the pass. (laughs) (laughs) That that was a real complaint. He missed a touchdown because there was a screen wide open and there was nobody in front of the lineman. But think about the reality you're living in when you're complaining that a screen pass exactly. was not thrown. All right. I mean, like that's it's it's not to say that like you said we're not dismissing CJ Procise, Josh Adams, the 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 record setters of recent memory. The difference, the distinction here is that imagine both of them in the backfield at the same time. That's what we have. And one of them's a freshman. You understand? They all ha- they both have buku eligibility like it's. This is not like, oh, this year we better make it work, you know, because then they're off to the NFL and we're not going to. No, this is like for the next three to four years, this running back system is going to look terrifying to everyone on the schedule just because of what they've done. And again, like it's just the first what, three, four games, but like I, it's own, they're only going to get better. And the way Kyron Williams smashes players, I mean, what was the quote that he gave after the game? If I have to run through somebody, I will, but if I have to make them miss, that's what I'm going to do. Like he, He's happy. He's more than content to try it all, to, 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 to pull out the entire coffer and show you the full tool set. And, and I can't wait for them to keep bulking up and, and becoming bigger monsters to where they can dish out some of the abuse because mm-hmm. it, they're, I, I've, I've been wanting like the ATN type back. Neither of these guys are, are quite close to that kind of cheat code that he is. But I'll tell you what, yeah, it's not yet. They can develop into that because there is that much talent there. And the other thing that's been missing, like all those great running backs that you listed, they never had that afterburner type speed that these two have. And if there's one thing, look, Florida State's a bad football team, but those fuckers are fast. Like we're Mm -hmm. used to and and they're we would play all these other teams and somebody would get loose because, you know, there was the big hole. You got past the second level and now it was a foot race with the third level and the safeties or the cornerback will go chase somebody down every single time. Like, ah, damn, they were so close. No, yeah, yeah. This time, if they get that step and they're in the third level, you better have the right angle or somebody as fast as they are because they're gone. 
And yeah, and- I'm just glad none, none of them did the Tyreek the Tyreek Hill deuces on the way. <laughs> <laughs> Then they would have been tackled. Yeah, uh, but it, I mean that was fun for him. And both Williams and Tyree had just afterburner a, a touchdown run of sixty-five yards, a touchdown run of forty-five yards. I mean that was it. Just felt so good to see, and then to have it happen against a team that is as hated as Florida State felt yeah, real man. good. Two hundred-yard rushers against those pieces of shit from Tallahassee. Ah, it felt so good. And Ian Book so had I mean, fifty-eight. <laughs> Yeah, and the in-books still had an extra 58. I mean, it it wasn't 2018, right? 2018, they ran a year's worth of yardage on him, 365. But, you know, 20 this I'll I'll take this. I will take this. I mean, frankly, it wasn't a concern game. It wasn't one of those like, oh shit, trap moments like it like like Pitt still feels like, but it was one of those ones where you were like, fuck. I mean, like, I hope they don't keep it that interesting. But once the running game was established, like I think after the first rushing touchdown, there was no real that that was when the worry was like oh, off my shoulder. Yeah, okay, they can do this. And that's really, you know, like you said, it wasn't really like a very stressful or worry like, oh, God, are they going to fuck it up? Because you knew that we were shooting ourselves in the foot continuously. It was right. frustrating is what I would use yes. to describe it. That first quarter was so frustrating. It's like and I even put it in my tweet was like, can we stop fucking around now? Because that's really mm. what it it felt like. You saw that, you know, Florida State's offensive line was garbage and a half and you knew as they tired down it was going to be hell on earth for anybody in the backfield and god almighty it was like you said a loose cormoa put together an nfl like you know when they do those highlight reels in the nfl draft just showing somebody get plastered mm-hmm. woos is going to be mostly from this game <laughs> yeah he w- w- jeremiah was hit on the running back sent that dude's soul like across the country it it I, I've never, I don't think I've seen somebody get such a clean sh- shoulder. I mean, you get some good ones, maybe in the, like the NFL, like SEC play, or like, you'll see like at the top level, Clemson, maybe blowing motherfuckers up. But to see that perfectly squared, dead center of his chest, shoulder check, sending him off screen from the <laughs> contact, like that was just catharsis. It, it looked like a hockey check, like where the, the one guy is just skating so hard and yeah. the dude just lines it up perfectly and it's open ice yeah. and not even against he would have the broken horse. the glass. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and then the same game, he helicoptered Jordan Travis as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like it's safe to say that he's going to make some NFL team very, very successful on defense someday. Yeah, he is an absolute monster. He's an absolute joy to watch. And we haven't even talked about the the defensive line that was causing issues. I, there was there was comical sacks. There was one uh, I, I forgot what it was, but I I remembered it feeling like being on the other side of what happened in Notre Dame in 2007, where the offensive line was so bad, entire defensive lines would get a sack. We had one of yeah. those moments in this game. <laughs> yep. And it oh, was yeah. it was one where it wasn't just the defensive line. We blitzed that play as well. So. Everybody was in the backfield. <laughs> yeah, everybody was there. Kyle Hamilton was like, anyone for me to touch? No, uh, sorry. Yeah, and even Sean, yeah. Sean Crawford gets a pick, too. And he had a couple, you know, rough coverages, but had a solid game overall, gets a pick. And that pick was on an OPI pick play, baby. <laughs> it was on. It, it was pretty much perfect justice. I feel like the universe just kind of like put it all together in one play and was like, we're sorry for the FSU stuff from before, <laughs> you know. And we're sorry for all the Sean Crawford injuries. You know what? We're just sorry about everything. Here you go. You can have it all. You know? The only it was, thing that it was, it was excellent. The only thing that would have made it better is if he took it to the house, which he had somewhat of a shot at, but he just, he, he didn't well, have the right angles for it. And, and oh, Travis he didn't. was begging to throw one all game long. Yeah. No, well, well, so Travis was a, I mean, Clark Lee was ruining that kid's day. I mean, <laughs> all day long. Jordan Travis definitely, to his credit, like found holes. In the back of the defense, he definitely, which which had something to do somewhat with the routes that were that were being run. To be fair, you know, like you got that slant and go shit, which is really really hard to cover. You know, especially one on one. But aside from that, like once the second half, like again, like the second half started, Clark Lee was like, "I'm not giving him shit anymore." You want to be a running QB? You want to threaten with your legs? Cool. We'll just watch for that the whole game, and then go ahead, try to throw it over us. We'll see what you can do. You know, because guess who's back there? Kyle fucking Hamilton, Sean fucking Crawford. Like you're, that. Once they realized there was no need to get complicated, right? That was that was basically the end of their offense. 
after that. Yeah, Houston Griffith even got into the the show and laid some wood down as well. I mean, everybody, yeah. and that's what makes this team so so fun. I think more so than than even some other like really good Irish teams is that you really feel like this team on both sides of the ball have true identities. And the offense has always been the biggest one is like, what does this team want to do? They always seem to try to be chameleons. And then for a while, it looked like they were an RPO team for, for sure. When long was here and book came in and then it's like, they got away from it. And then there was all that weird locker room stuff. And then in comes Tommy Reese and just like, um, I see what I got in the backfield and we got tight ends that absolutely love killing people. Let's just put them all out there and let them kill everybody. Like it was, yeah, yeah there's no need to overcomplicate. Tony Dungy was begging for them to run the counter play like every single time they were out in the field. Well, I mean, by, by that point, the two times they'd run it, Kyron Williams had scored. So it's like, okay, <laughs> clearly, like, he's like, so, so, uh, Mike Tariq was like, so, Tony, when do you think that they're going to go back to that? He's like, well, not on this play, but they should do it again. Real soon. <laughs> and then, like, two plays later. <laughs> yeah, and, boom. And, and there was even one play where you could see Trimble's head on a swivel. It was one of the long touchdown runs. He's looking for somebody. He was to trailing block, Kyron, and he couldn't yeah, he find anybody. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was fun to watch. I mean, I, I feel like every week we get like a slight new revelation too on defense, and and that's come with unfortunately the COVID rotation has mm-hmm. been forced, and and some of the injuries. Like you know, Jack Kaiser was out, for example, for this game, and that was announced at the beginning of the game. So was MTA. But in steps Bo Bauer, who's get like who gets actual like like more and not just special teams because he had been devastating on special teams, but he gets a sack in this game. He clearly lives for contact, and I think it's it's him, it's JOK, it's it's really the entire linebacking core proves like shows every week that their 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 depth is now no longer is, is no longer one of those things where it's like the D, the D line is good, the corners are good. Is there an, is there a gap in the linebacker? There's no. There feels like it feels like there is no weak spot for like the first time in the defense consistently and on rotation and on depth. And I, I just I especially in the linebacking core, I feel like there, there needs to be like slightly extra props because that's Clark Lee's wheelhouse. Right. He was the linebacking uh, coach when Elko was around. So, I mean, like just seeing that no matter who they plug in, be it Jack Kaiser, be it Bauer, be it JOK consistently destroying people, be whoever. A linebacking core like no longer has much risk of liability. That that to me, like watching this game, that was one of the revelations it has. Like, wow, I I don't watch to see who's gonna fuck it up at all. Or I don't watch to see who's the weak link. I just trust them all. Yeah. That's that's a new feeling kind of. It, it really is. And it, it, it goes one again to show how good Clark Lee has, is at his job. Oh, yeah. I mean, he is such a gift and I hope Vanderbilt just gets really, really good and never, ever has to change out a head coach ever again uh, because yeah. I want to keep him there forever. Uh, you know, I, I want him to be our highly paid uh, defensive coordinator that we continue to stash away forever and ever and ever. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, it's, and again, you were talking about, you know, in this game, we did have people out, but you also have to consider in practice just the massive yeah. chunks of people that were out. Uh, the yeah. the Wake Forest week basically was barely any practice. There was not a whole lot of contact reportedly. And, you know, even, you know, Hamilton coming back from injury, they held him out of the first scrimmage that they did. So you have and we still don't know who all was out. That's the other thing. We don't have full information on exactly who was out. We know who missed the games and we know who missed um God, who the hell did we play before Wake? Uh, uh, South Florida. You knew you knew mm-hmm. who was gonna be out then. You didn't know what happened in between there because they don't have to report it. Uh but what you do know is it scared Brian Kelly and the rest of the football team shitless because shitless. the amount of changes and I'm glad they made them. I thought it was real smart. They basically did what I've seen SMU do and they've highlighted SMU doing similar things to where there was multiple dressing areas. There was the locker room. There were two spots in the stadium. There was an adjacent room and they got rid of the benches. They were doing just folding chairs mm-hmm. out there, having different groups. And, you know, a real concerted effort to make sure that they didn't have a repeat of South Florida. Like, I'm glad that it seems like everybody's fine. Uh, Hopefully, you know, there's going to be no long term issues going forward. But there was a massive, massive change to how Notre Dame approached this entire game day. Uh, But it goes to show that the depth like you're talking about, Shane despite all of that, despite the fact that you know everybody wasn't getting the reps that they were supposed to, 
they still came out. They looked like sloppy ass for a quarter. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, there were still more little boneheaded mistakes here and there. It's like, God, they look a little rusty. And at the end of the day, they still won easily. Yeah, like that's yeah, that's awesome. That, that's what a, yeah. guess what? That's what a top five football team does, y'all. Yeah, they win what they're supposed to win, and they they kind of don't make it look tight. You know, it, it's so far. You know, it, it's it's been one of those seasons where you you feel good about the product on the field, but it's undercut by all of this shit. Mm-hmm. So like, it's 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 been difficult to kind of like really get that feeling of like, holy fuck, man, we got a good team. Because fuck, this was the first game that they played in 21 days. Like, you know, you can you can see that the team is going to struggle. Lawrence Keys had the fucking muff on the punt, and like, it's just like small things. You know, even Kyle Hamilton had shit to say about it after the game. He's like, we had some like yikes plays, but you know, we did what we had to do at the end of the day. But now, how do they prevent that from happening again? Because like, it it came. I think it came real fucking close to all like just imploding during this period. I I I agree. I I understand everyone continued to schedule as needed and everyone like put on a brave face, but I promise you on behind the scenes, like conference commissioners, again, we're talking like, um, fuck, what do we do? Because it was getting to that point. So for them to come out with like, like you said, what SMU does, that they had three locker rooms, I believe they had two changing spaces inside the stadium for like pregame meetings. And then all the benches were six foot circles, you know, all five team captains were led to charge each of those meetings along with the coaches and to keep their players right on the field because they, you know, they couldn't afford to have close contact like that again. The the hope is that it all worked. We're going to have to wait and see. Right. But the fact of the matter is, it feels like it could have been better. It feels like it definitely improved the overall situation, but this is still a heavy ass contact sport. So we, we, we won't know until we actually know. And you can only control what you can control. Uh, you can't control mm. that. every and, and, and I think one of the biggest things, I think everybody is really, uh, if they didn't know it before, I think any football fans really realizing and now not only what's going on in college football, but the problems the NFL is having because mm-hmm. they test even heavier than college football does. But they, everybody seems to forget that there's that incubation period where the virus is not going to show up on a test for at least three to four days. Uh, I remember back when we had our scare and, and Mrs. Tex did test positive, she made sure to wait for four days. Even though I felt like I wasn't exposed, I still waited the same period just to make sure we didn't miss anything because mm-hmm. that's, that's, mm-hmm. A, that's a real issue is that you can test negative and then you're like, God, I still feel like hell. And then all of a sudden you've infected like everybody you're around. Cause Oh shit, I ended up being positive. It just hadn't, you know, that incubation period hadn't passed yet. Yeah. So yeah. remember Florida state had their own head coach test positive for this virus. Not saying that Florida state's full of a bunch of COVID things right now, but shit's happened over there and I'm sure they're trying yeah. hard to, to keep stuff in wraps, but, and then eventually Notre Dame's going to have to go on the road. They haven't had to go on the road yeah. for this. So like all the locker room stuff is nice. Okay. Now you got to figure out how you're going to do it in a locker room where it's meant it's, it's purpose built for it to be uncomfortable. Just think about the Notre Dame visitors tunnel. Okay. Even exactly. though that's a new thing, uh, that visitors locker room hasn't changed much, but that locker room is, I had a nicer locker room in high school for baseball. I mean, I was just going to throw that out there. It it is not very cozy. I mean, it is it it's meant to be functional, but it does not have all your creature comforts of the home locker room. And mm-hmm. there's not nearly as much space. And you can't just kind of take over a stadium that somebody else has because that space may not be open. And I'm sure they're going to figure out some way to do it. But that's going to be the other challenge. This team hasn't had to go on the road and yeah. not, not necessarily play football on the road, but play on the road and keep the COVID stuff and, you know, and keep doing the social distancing, the masking, whatever you need to do. All those protocols haven't been put to that test yet. So, and that's the crazy part. And, and every team that comes into Notre Dame stadium has that same problem, has that same challenge. And that's the huge wild card. And you really, I mean, Notre Dame has something truly special, even with this crazy ass season, there is again, that game against Clemson. I mean, even if the whole college football playoff falls apart, if the ACC can keep things intact to where that game happens, I mean, that's going to feel like playing for all the marbles anyway. I mean, obviously, we hope that that won't be it and that everybody is going to be okay. but the Big Ten hasn't gotten started up yet. They have no wiggle room. Pac-12 hasn't gotten fired up. No wiggle room there either. 
same Mountain West, everybody else, like all this shit still has to fly out and everybody still has to play. I mean, like we said, Baylor got their game canceled. It's it, yeah. it's happening. They've played what? One, two games at this point? I think they played two games and then they shut they suspended all football operations a week ago and then it's just continuing. So it doesn't look good. I mean, look, uh, what was it? Yeah, when when Mike Norvell tested positive? Oh, we were all dunking on the dude. Ah, oh, dumbass, look at you at Florida State. This code, your coach tests positive. What's going on in Tallahassee? And then a week later, Les Miles tests positive. And it's like, hmm. Not so funny anymore. Like yeah, it, apparently, it, Kevin it Sumlin just, also tested positive as well. Kevin Sumlin, like, it, it, we're living in a season where each week is a fucking lifetime. Mm-hmm. Okay, like anything, anything that happens that week is going to be erased by what happens the following week because we're just we're so inundated with like you know keeping an ear to the ground because we have to we have to hear how every team, every conference is affected by this because yes, it's it's technically conference play bubbles. But I mean, some of these fucking conferences are inviting assholes like Liberty or whatever to, to, to their, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's eventually going to catch up to the wrong people if it's not handled properly, right? And I, and I feel like with so many teams playing, the odds are pretty fucking high that it's going to continue to happen this way. Does positive testing continuously mean that, oh shit, we got to panic and shut it all down? Eventually, Hopefully, no. But right now, absolutely, yes. You cannot err on anything but the side of caution. So, like, Notre Dame survived scare one. Like you said, wait till we go on the road because I suspect it's not going to be clean. You know, it's 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 a question of equipment managers. It's a question of student managers. It's it's every everybody is potentially affected. Like, it's not just the athletes. It's everyone in their vicinity. So, like, you have to understand that like there's too many liabilities. The hope is the season can play out, but every week, like I said, it could just be a, t- a whole new reality at any moment. Yeah, and it's 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 additional things on top of a football season, and, and the game ball went to like the the sports medicine staff, like Rob the doctors. Hunt. Yeah, it went to the doctors <laughs> of the team because they had to, in order for this game to happen, like just to flat out happen, all this had to get into control. And and think about it, they the, when they did the contact tracing. It happened from a team meal. Think about how innocuous that is and just how mm-hmm. innocent things you wouldn't expect because you feel like you're within your team bubble, even though they're definitely not in a bubble as, as that proved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's, that was the super spreader event was a team meal. And even as much as they prepared for stuff like this, when Brian Kelly finally talked about it and even some of the players were tweeting here and there's like, this shit's no joke guys. I, it was, I, I think even as much as they were prepared for that to potentially happen, they thought they were being cautious. They were shocked it happened like that. I was too, to be mm-hmm. quite honest, because things were going yeah. well on campus. They're still going fairly well. And I say that even though they just went over 800 cases this past week, which, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of weird that we're saying, Hey, that's kind of a yay success. Yay. Nice job. Yeah, the, the, the goalpost has <laughs> moved obviously on that. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I'm glad we're at least moving forward on this. And for the most part, it, it's, it's gone a lot better than I would have possibly expected, but man, there's just, it, like you said, every week is an eternity and there's still so much room to go. We have only played three football games. And it's already yeah, felt man. like a fucking season. <laughs> yeah, man. I am tired already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this shit usually happens mid-season. in November. <laughs> yeah, mid-season tired. <laughs> but, you know, again, it's, it's, mo- it's mainly just the COVID aspect. Like, like I said, we, we are enjoying the product on the field. Oh, like, yeah, for, it's like, awesome. What it's feels like, yeah, it, and it feels like this is the most reliably good version of that product on the field. And, and, and not maybe in a long time, but I mean, you know, for, for a team that's won 33 games or, or whatever in three seasons, this still feels like a really, really good version of that team. It's just the like the really it's just the worry that like at any moment rug out from underneath you. You know, that's the part that I think has to be weighing equally hard on all of these guys. I mean, like every week you're waiting to like you're, you're basically coming into team meetings hoping that the announcement isn't seasons canceled, you know? So, like, imagine having to play through that and then being tested constantly, having a whole new sequence of events, a whole new routine. Everything is changed. I mean, like, I'm I I feel like it's not uh, unreasonable to say that, like, the entirety of what 2020 is for all of these teams deserves, like, 
way more fucking credit oh, than yeah. I think we're giving. Yeah, and because, at the like, same time, they gotta holy go to, shit. At the same time, they gotta go to class. And same thing with every college yeah. student. Like every now and then, I'm still poking around the Notre Dame subreddit. Man, there's so many things. Like I'm still not making friends. God, I'm so lonely around here right now. It's like, yeah, because you're not, you're not doing college, man. <laughs> this ain't yeah, normal. Man. This is literally like a job. Like they're just doing a job, almost military style, where everything is routine, everything is structured. You got to go do push-ups now. Go do your fucking push-ups now. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's very much like they're living in boot camp. It's. It, it, I can imagine it's rough. That's actually not a, an awful parallel because, like you said, the structure, the rigid requirements, and not only that, mm-hmm. the other side of it, the punishment if you fuck it up. Like there's there's oh, that yeah. side too. So. And it, it's crazy, and and I love these distractions we get every week because they've been very fun ones, even when they have twinges of frustration to them. It's been great. It's been awesome. And speaking of distractions, how about we go into the land where COVID doesn't exist for a little bit, Shane? Yeah, let's go check on SimBK. Let's do it. Let's check Sim time. All right. Let's get that scoreboard up. Okay. So, uh, there's a couple 70 spots up here in the sim. <laughs> Whoa! Damn! <laughs> yeah, things things got really spicy. Uh, Georgia Tech takes out Louisville. 70 Ooh. to 28. That is your future Notre Dame sim opponent right oh. there. Oh, wow. I mean, just stop playing. Well, <laughs> At what point do you keep going? Wow. Yeah, that was it was a disaster. Now, 2-2 Atwell was still out for this game. They will get him back for next week, I believe. So... Uh, for Louisville. But, but yeah, for Louisville, that was a little bit of a mess. Wake Forest uh, played an FCS team. Uh, do you know who the mascot of Campbell is, by chance, Shane? Oh, yes, I do, my friend. Do, do, the fucking Camels. The fighting Camels <laughs> of Campbell. Yeah. Uh, they got their asses kicked by Wake, 74-20, to 20, so they finally get a win on the board this season. Duke beats Syracuse. Two wins in a row for Duke, 45-35. to 35. Virginia takes out North Carolina State, 41-35. to 35. Boston College beats Pitt in a back and forth game, 44 to 37. Vir- Sim jerk, man. Sim jerk. Virginia Tech hands North Carolina their first loss of the season, 47 to 32. And Miami and Clemson was a barn burner. Now, when I went and checked the injuries, Travis ATN was out for the game. I don't know when it happened, but it helps explain this 38 to 35 score that Clemson squeaked by with. Yeah, barely. Wait. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I hope. I mean, if it's just the game, great. But uh, if 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 this lingers, uh, Sim Dabo, yikes, in trouble. Yeah, and uh, so we nearly we were very close to having a blood week in the Sim, and of course we had Notre Dame having whatever that game was against Florida State, twenty-seven to sixteen. Nobody on yeah. a bye this week. Everybody played. Um, your injury report. We have four new ones. Uh, Louisville got Cole Bentley, their quarter cornerback, knocked out for the season. Miami's defensive end Jalen Phillips out for a couple of weeks. Virginia Tech loses a cornerback, Armand Chapman, for six weeks. And Wake Forest loses Isaiah. Mia. Go, 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 read, read it in Spanish, yeah. Now that I say it, yes, yeah. it definitely sounds more Italian. Cornerback uh, for them out for three weeks. Uh, but man, the season ending injuries, we got four total now. Yeah, um, I'll, it seems like the Sim has no mercy for the lines. Like, just all of you die. Because uh, every week, it's like a defensive end, it's a, it's a left tackle, it's a, it's, it's it's rough out there. It's rough out there for the guards. Yeah, and there's some near all, like, Virginia Tech is, is, is a mass unit, having seven and six, six week injuries. Uh, mm. Georgia Tech has two season enders still. <laughs> <Just fuck. laughs> they, they won 70 plus points, even with uh, their starting yeah, left I tackle mean, out. Yeah, it's 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 been it's been a rough one for the ACC, the, the same ACC, but uh, the standings. Yeah, the standings. So all by themselves, up at the top alone, is Clemson at four and zero. And I just realized the you can't see the whole thing. My bad. Welcome back to Earth Pit in third place. Yeah, Notre Dame now sole possession of second place in the conference with their one thousand winning percentage there, uh, three and one right. obviously. And yes, Pitt takes their first loss. BC is tied with them uh then you get north carolina with their first loss of the season and georgia tech nc state virginia virginia tech all with two and two and then you have two and three duke two and two louisville 
And then a whole host of one in three teams. Syracuse, Miami at one in three. That's kind of crazy. The state of Florida in the fucking dumpster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Miami and Florida at one in three. And then Wake Forest Woo! finally got themselves on the win- winning side of the sheet after beating up on the fighting camels. The camel that's such an awesome mascot. Dude, the, the, Dude, the logo I- looks great. It's a camel that just yeah. has this like anger behind it looks like it's just gonna go decapitate a motherfucker I he love looks it. like if joe camel quit smoking cigarettes <laughs> basically and it's having, he's, he's got the nicotine withdrawals he's got nick rage the funny part was for a quarter for a single quarter of that game campbell had a lead i'm like oh oh we're gonna get feisty no we did not get feisty okay. <laughs> so so that wraps it up uh again picks are gonna be coming again at you again on wednesday and we got a sim against Louisville. Hopefully, maybe maybe one of these weeks, Shane, we'll get a sim that isn't going to scare a shitless. Yeah, maybe this is the week because uh, Louisville bad. Louisville real bad. But Tutu Atwell is coming back. Was able to check there on the injuries. He will be back. He's going to have like 100 yards receiving. <laughs> <laughs> please, Kyle Hamilton, our Lord and Savior. Sim Hamilton, yeah, please man. save us. All right, folks. But that is going to do it for us. Thank you for everybody that came and joined us live over here at twitch.tv slash Sons. Make sure you also subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at. Come hang out with the community over at HerLoyalSons.com slash Discord and join our little Discord chat channel. Of course, we're always at HerLoyalSons.com. We'll stay safe, y'all. Go Irish. Beat COVID. Beat Cardinals. Have a good one.